Hello and welcome to TBOTB, Chicago Bulls Talk Podcast. These will be numbered podcast episodes. This week, first ever episode being number one, will be also known as the Derek Rose episode. Okay, let's get amongst it. Welcome back. This is a new channel and I have a modest goal of trying to hit 100 subs before the start of the NBA season. So, if you can, subscribe to us, like our videos, and it'd be great if you could share us on the socials. Really appreciate it. Okay, on with the video. Hey there Bulls Nation and welcome back to TBOTB, Chicago Bulls Talk. In today's videos, I'm going to talk about Zach re-signing in free agency in his interview and other moves made by the Bulls in free agency. Okay, let's get amongst it. So following much speculation at the end of last season, following his interview, Zach Levine has re-signed with the Chicago Bulls. In a franchise record breaking $215 million deal over five years, that's more than Jordan ever got paid. Like many Bulls fans, I was quite nervous with his remarks in his exit interview, where he said something to the effect that he was going to be weighing up his options. And all you Bulls fans out there who were like, I knew he'd be back, good for you, you really didn't, but good for you anyway. In an article by KC Johnson, Zach outlined his motivation for re-signing. Okay, so in the article titled, VP Kind of Service praises Levine's work ethic and character, written by KC Johnson. So the Chicago Bulls made Zach Levine's re-signing official Thursday night, a significant moment in the franchise's history. And executive president Arturis Karnaschovas took the occasion to praise Levine for reasons beyond his talent. We're pleased that Zach remains with the Bulls, Karnaschovas said in a team statement. His work ethic and character have helped him to become one of the top players in the NBA. We look forward to more great things from Zach as he helps lead our team both on and off the court. It's a significant moment because it's the largest contract in franchise history. Five-year deal worth $215 million that contains a player option in the final year, per sources. Zach Levine has earned all-star selections in the past two seasons, and he's 24.5 points per game, averaging over the last five seasons in Chicago is the highest in franchise history, beyond Michael Jordan's 31.5 points per game average. The Karnaschovas cited intangibles beyond Levine's talent is significant. After qualifying for the playoffs for the first time in his eight-year NBA career, Levine is hungry for more. As a max player, he knows winning championships is the goal. In a phone conversation with NBC Chicago last week, following his verbal agreement, Levine alluded to the need for winning when he explained his reasons for re-signing. Chicago is my home, Zach said. I really started making my name here and I want to continue what I've helped start here as well. I'm extremely excited and I appreciate the fans and I'm ready to continue this winning process that we have going. Levine played for the USA basketball during gold medal winning performance in the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. He has praised management's aggressive approach in overhauling the roster, which has included trading for Nikola Vucevic, signing Alex Caruso, and acquiring DeMar DeRozan and Alonzo Ball in sign and trade transactions. It must be shown that they, the Bulls front office, were ready to win. 
Obviously in my first couple of years here, it was tough to have that feeling. This year has been incredible. Levine said following the Bulls first round playoff loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, Zach Levine will be paid handsomely to build on that. Okay, so it took Zach and quite a bit of time to actually sign on the deal. Um, I think this is more due to the fact that if you can remember last season, Lonzo Ball signed and Shams was obviously in cahoots and in a good relationship with Clutch tweeted that information, I shit you not, two minutes before the deadline, and the Bulls end up being fined for tampering and losing a pick. So if you notice, Clutch announced, I think, all their clients within the space of 30 seconds on Twitter. It's quite interesting. I think the most heartwarming thing about that statement in that interview was Chicago is my home. Um, that makes me feel great. It makes me feel secure for the future. We've got players who really want to be in Chicago and not just see it as a stepping stone to somewhere else. So we're a big market franchise again, people. We're starting to be treated like one. We're getting the respect we deserve. Many, but, and rightly so, have asked, why did Zach take time and create all that speculation about re-signing? Well, Zach needed to create some leverage. The back end of last year, he obviously had that knee injury. And out of this leverage, he's managed to create himself a player option in the fifth year and a 15% trade bonus kicker. This deal sees Zach making bank, starting off with his first season this year at $37 million and scaling up to $49 million in the 2026 and 2027 seasons. So, Zach is back, and I've been a very, very happy man since hearing that. But beside the re-signing of Zach Levine, many Bulls fans, when you ask them how they feel the Bulls front office has gone in this free agency season, much the response would be, meh. So, many fans wanted big, huge moves made in the front court, but AK and Mark Eversley have opted to stay strong with the side they already have. Many, many times they've said they like this roster and they want to see it and give it a chance fully healthy. So instead of making these huge, broad sweeping changes, they've kind of worked around the fringes instead and they've added some experience. With the Tristan Thompson signing at the end of last year proving nothing more to be a waste of time and resources, the Bulls have opted to go in a bit of a different direction this time. So the Bulls have decided to sign on a one-year deal, Andre Drummond, who I swore was at least 35, <laughs> nah, at least 32, only being 28 years old. It surprised me. There may be something we can get out of Drummond. So Drummond's signed on 3.3 million, I believe, for the season. Uh, he has a player option for the second season. Um, the thing I think that's interesting about him is he has a real big chance here to actually push a claim and be relevant within the league, okay? So um, this is his last real chance to get a big contract to finish out his career. And I hope he can do something for the Bulls. So Drummond is the former Pistons, Cavs, 76ers, no, I better not forget the Lakers, and Nets center. Drummond is actually a huge improvement on Thompson and Bradley as our backup centers. Last year at the Nets, he averaged a double-double, so that rebounding will really help us in the second unit. An area where the Bulls really suffered and were poor last season. Okay, and the other signing that has got everyone freaking out about Lonzo's injury. The Bulls are going ahead and sign Slovenian mastermind, veteran and former Suns and Heat point guard, the Dragon Goran Drogic. Many people are viewing this signing as insurance policy for Lonzo, who are they panicking about. Um, his recovery isn't going as well as everyone has hoped. I'm going to do another video about that next week. But for the moment, we'll have a look at other reasons why I thought they've brought Goran Drogic in. So like I said, I'm seeing it from a bit of a different perspective. This front office likes to have a good blend of veteran talent, maturity, leadership, and youth. It can be nurtured by this veteran talent. I see DeMar's signing last year as 
that for Zach Levine. The fact that Nikola Vucevic is there working hard with Marco in the offseason, developing him as well. And I see that this signing of Goran Drogic is actually being brought in to help nurture Io and Kobe's game. He's also insurance against them having bad games as well. Though Drogic can probably be the better option early in the season and get many minutes off the bench. I'm hoping that he has a mentor role, that he has played similarly with some of the other biggest superstars in the league. If you're familiar with Goran Drogic, you'd know that him and Luka Doncic have a particularly close relationship. Luka Doncic often refers to Goran Drogic as his mentor. I personally think that AK has decided to bring Drogic in as that mentor, similar to the role that he's played with Luka for Kobe and particularly Io's development. I'm all in on this move and I feel like the team, like I mentioned before, has a really good balance now of leadership, experience and youth. The Bulls went healthy at the start of last season, even minus P. Will, was sitting 5th in defence and 10th in offence. And these moves have only given the Bulls further depth to use at their disposal. I'm actually really pumped for this season, Bulls Nation. Okay, so let me know what you think in the comments. Let me know if we made enough moves. Let me know what you think about the drug each signing. As I said, as I said, I'm pumped on it, but you know, I understand why others wouldn't be. So before we go, I'm going to bring on my co-host, Dirty Lakers fan, and we're going to discuss these moves by the Bulls in the offseason. Get his thoughts and opinion as well. See if he can be objective. I don't know if he can be, but we'll see how we go. Okay, so let's bring in the man. Chappie, how are you, brother? I'm good, brother yourself. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, so like I was just saying on the video, the Bulls have decided to not really make some big broad sweeping moves this offseason. We've got a few draft picks who I talked about in my last video. I'm going to do a summer wrap, a summer league wrap next video. Um, so, yeah, the only real significant moves that they made were Andre Drummond, who I don't think you have a good opinion of based off his time at the Lakers, and... Goran Drogic, the dragon. So, starting with Drummond, um, in comparison to Tristan Thompson, I'll, we'll contextualise it. In comparison to Tristan Thompson, Tony Bradley, do you think um, it's probably a better move for a second team lineup? Honestly, too much of a um, leading question. Just tell me what you think, mate. I do not like Drummond at all. Um, I think he said to me earlier today that he's only 28, 29 years old. That blows my mind. Blew my mind. Um, yeah. <laughs> honestly, watching him run around um, in LA, you would have thought he was well into his 30s. Um, I don't know, mate. Um, you sit there and you think about it. And his rebounding stats, especially his offensive rebounding stats, look amazing. Um. I'm not sure if you've watched a lot of Drummond play, but most of it is him tapping the ball up because he's missed chippies in the paint. Um, his touch is absolutely atrocious around the rim too. Um, uh, I don't know. He's slow. He's cumbersome. His touch is awful. I just did not think there was much of a player there at all. I'm sorry. You're not feeling me with much optimism, mate, on these statements. Um yeah, you really don't rate him at all, do you? No, I really don't. He's he slowed down the like he slowed us down and clogs the paint to hold too much. Um, I found that he wanted to play in the post, but as I said, his touch is atrocious. 
he misses that many chippies. And most, as I said, when he was at the Lakers anyway, I'll comment on that. I found that his rebounding stats are based on him getting taps around the rim and just, yeah, missing chippies, breaking it hard, getting his own rebound type thing. It, it was a bit deceiving at times. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I thought he played well um, from what I saw of him back end of last season with the Nets. I was actually quite impressed with him. Um, mm. I think the 76ers actually suffered from trading him. I don't know. Time will tell. I think he's a better option than what we've had so far from last season, who he's basically going to replace. Bradley is still there. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to waive him or not. Um, but, yeah, the way that Marco Simonovic has been playing during the summer league, he's more likely to get the third-string role as center instead of Bradley at this point, in my mind anyway. So, so we'll see Tristan, how it pans out. Uh, so Tristan's an unrestricted free agent, obviously. I believe so. I had a look at the roster the other day, and I think he's still listed on there. But, you know, time will change before the end of the season. So um, They list players on your cap until they sign somewhere. So it's a cap hold. That's what it might be. I guess my question for you is, with the Nets, is it that he wasn't playing good fiddle while he was there? He's come in, guys are in, guys are out of that team. Is it that their roster was that unsettled that having that central figure worked for them? Claxton was there as well. He was sharing time with Claxton. But most, I, I think know. he did hold the majority of the time during the finals, but because of his size, where Claxton is, Claxton is a good um, pick and roll kind of rim runner kind of player. But mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not, not too sure. I don't rate him so much defensively. So, so besides Andre Drummond, uh, which you didn't rate too much, our other move, which I rate heavily for different reasons, is Goran Dragic, the Dragon. Each year, the Heat bring in Udonis Haslam. For a reason, okay, yeah. and but I think the Drogic has way more upside in a similar way because Drogic still is serviceable as a player. Mm-hmm. You're disagreeing there too. Is this just your Lakers bias, or what's happening here? Oh no, don't get, me objective? Wrong. don't get me wrong. From a Laker perspective, someone like that to help settle us down would be great with the second unit, and you just have that experience um, with. The Bulls, I sit there and I look at your roster and I look. So you've got Ayo sitting there. You've got Caruso sitting there. Um, and from memory, I think Patrick Williams as well can play a little bit of point guard. Can you not? No, I'd never run Patrick Williams at point guard. guard. Kobe White would probably be the other point That's guard actually on the team. We do have quite a lot of guards, okay? But a lot of them are two guards. Um, we're lacking in the one guard department. Alex Caruso is a great defensive guard and can run the floor, but I wouldn't rely on him entirely to be the starting point guard for the team. Hey, he Um, won us a I I know he did. In in (laughs) times, yeah, at times he can start as the point guard, but I don't think full-time because of the defensive energy that he exerts. Goran is a great player. He's no longer what he was, obviously. He's slowed down a fair bit, but I think he's still averaging 20-odd minutes a game. So, as you said, he is serviceable as a player. Um, his shooting percentages aren't great, but it's not what you're getting him in for. I think you're getting him in for the experience and knowing how to run a floor. I just worry that it might take minutes away from a bunch of really talented young players you guys have on the books. Um, during Lonzo's injuries and when Caruso was out, 
Ayo absolutely shocked me last year, just how mature he was. Um, and the fact that he can run a basketball team. He grew um, each game as well. Yeah, yeah, he was. he's a really good player. That's where I would be a little bit hesitant. Um, just the fact that Goran still plays decent minutes. Um, unless, I don't know, if you guys are going to scale him back and you're just getting him in for that culture and experience or what it is that you're looking for. But I would be very hesitant taking minutes away from Ayo um, and potentially running Caruso in there as your second string point guard combination. Yeah, I, I see actually Drogic being brought in to mentor these younger point guards uh-huh. who, who do need, who do require a bit of mentorship from someone who has that veteran presence. I made the point before that um, DeRozan may have been brought in for that veteran presence for Zach and their work is a really good tandem. You have Marco being um, developed and mentored by Nikola Vucevic. And I see yep. this move as being similar for the point guards. They need someone who's just um, – I, I, I can imagine Drogic also helping Lonzo develop his game once he crosses the half court. That's some, an area of his game that really needs development. And I think that Drogic would be a great mentor for him. The man who mentored Luka Doncic would be a great person to mentor some of these young point guards on the Bulls. Oh, 100%. I see where you're coming from with that. As I said, for me, it's the case of – numbers and minutes i would yeah want to I, I do understand that. that that's the argument that's being touted by a lot of the fans and content creators at the moment it's like where will he fit in what are the numbers he's expecting and yeah what's it going to look like but i'm hoping it's falling more on the this the this perspective that i'm talking about that it's yeah he's, he's there to mentor these young players and also be serviceable at the same time I don't want him playing garbage time, don't get me wrong. And I think that he could truly help us in really important parts of the season, even the finals with his experience, do you know what I mean? But, yeah, I, I want to see the younger players develop. Yeah, that's the only issue I have with it, in all honesty. That's what I was saying. For a team like us, where we don't have much coming off the bench at all, he would have been awesome. Um, yeah. Just knowing that you've got a really good player coming off the bench. Like, as I said, I think he's playing 20-odd minutes a game still. That's a lot of minutes. It's what he's averaging last year in that. But, yeah. you know, the, the Nets were in dire need of a point guard at that time. That, and he was sharing yeah. um, time with Patty Mills and Curry. And they did have a three-guard lineup going last year, which was kind of weird. And I wouldn't put it past me because Billy That's Donovan something. loves his three-guard lineups, okay? That is something you guys uh, have. You have a lot of length there with Lonzo being six. Um, from memory, I think he said Ayo is about the same height. Yeah, and Caruso can um, guard the three. Easy. You know what I mean? He probably struggles a bit with four if it's Giannis. <laughs> I think but, everyone struggles with Giannis, don't we? Exactly, yeah. He did make a statement today, Caruso. Uh, I saw Giannis is hard to guard because he never gets called for charging by the refs. It's like, Ooh, he went there. Nice. I like that. He's getting it out there. Early. Yeah, I like it. Call out. Yeah. Yeah, so how do we rate the Bulls signings then? A C-plus overall. C-plus overall. Okay, so it's just fair enough. I, I just do not rate Drummond. That's what it is. 
Um, yeah. I would have been more comfortable if you guys had gone and got McGee. Oh, McGee, yeah. yeah. McGee signed with someone interesting, didn't he? Not someone... sure. I'm not sure which of it went. But that type of high energy runs the floor, boxes out, rebounds, knows his role, doesn't expect very many touches, unlike um, Drummond, who still searches for those touches. Yeah, I think Drummond will fit in his role in the team. If he doesn't, we always have Marco and Bradley as backups who will. So, hmm. yeah, we've got him on 3.3 for the season. So, it's not huge money that we've got him on. So, um, yeah. That's pretty decent. Yeah. When you think about it in them terms and in that context, what we had yeah. last year, like he is an improvement on Tristan Thompson, I think. Tristan's yeah. – he's what... too busy still putting up numbers over at the Kardashian household, so – uh, he just got um, Thingo pregnant again. So, all the rave, hilarious. All the ladies on NBA Twitter are like, this woman needs therapy. <laughs> wow. Who's he with? He's, he's with one of the Kardashian girls, is he? I think it's Chloe. I don't actually know. I'm not a fan or of any understanding of that kind of stuff. I'm too much into my sport and other content that is not related to the Kardashians. I was about to say they are a sport, aren't they? Oh, I'd imagine. I'd imagine. Everyone gets a shot. Okay. <laughs> Everyone gets a shot. <laughs> okay, bro. Thanks for coming on, having a bit of a chat. Um, we also have a podcast that we run together called the Bounce of the Ball NBA Talk. It's over on our other channel. So please go check that out. There's going to be a link in the description. We have another, we have weekly episodes coming out. This week we'll be talking about Summer League and um, yeah, a couple of trade signings, things to that effect. See what's happening on the KD and Kyrie front. Hopefully something's happened before then. I highly doubt it. But, you know, get along, have a look. We also cover some different sports over there. Chappie runs the Football Focus podcast and. We also run an NRL podcast. Any of you American viewers out there, if you're interested, I believe it's a great sport and we have great banter with each other talking about it. Okay, so that's it. Talk to you later. All right, thanks, bro. Okay, and that's a wrap on the video. Remember to subscribe to the channel and to like all our videos. We're now on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, so make sure you go over and follow us there. There'll be links down in the description. Yeah, let's go, Bulls Nation. See you next time.